1: But collectors club, with price and Michael, I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. Yeah,
2: yeah. there's always that
1: awkward moment in this <laughs> song. Where it's like
2: I should dance to the intro. So that uh, people know that people we're know that to have fun, yeah, you know, have a little fun, or be worried <laughs> <Yeah>. about <laughs> right. it a little bit. Right? If you like, don't do anything. You just, yeah. It's I just, know it is. It does throw off first something. time
3: guests who are like, you know, they're like, oh, this this yeah. song sounds pretty good, and then okay. just like a weird man's voice comes in. Right. <laughs> Oh boy, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host. Bryce Johnson. And our super producer. Riley Bray. Um, Today's guest is an actor, comedian that I've worked with on a short film called The Arrival. Uh, He's been in so many... Frickin shows and movies you guys have probably heard of, like little things like Saturday Night Live, Ghostbusters, um, Guestbook, Adam Ruins Everything, some College Humor. I mean, this guy's done it, Damn. seen it. He's been there and back, and he's going to tell us all about it. Um, <laughs> His life, in the, this is now an actor's podcast. Forget ghost stories. Let's just talk about uh, what's it like being in Hollywood. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, John Milheiser. Hello, right, everyone. Hi. Nice.
0: So good um them.
3: famously brought up in the past uh f- as uh last week's guests former roommate Marcy Jarrow's former roommate. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
0: Yes, Marcy and I go way back. Mm, You're you talking
3: lived... shit about you, bro. Yeah, she yeah probably. Was. That sounds yeah, like yeah, Marcy. Yeah, yeah. 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 She said that uh she when she was on the show, and, look, we're not going to make we want to make it about you, but she did say that you guys
0: once lived in a haunted apartment together. Sure, on Beachwood. Um yeah, when I was moving to L.A., uh, she had an, a, a room opening up in her apartment, and I didn't have to look for an apartment at all. I just moved right in. Um, and she warned me that she has had some experiences with the paranormal in that apartment. Uh, I believe her experience was that the ghost would sit on her <laughs> <laughs> or, like, hold her down. Mm. Yeah, like uh,
3: like a uh, succubus or an incubus. Right. That's like, a popular... Phenomenon that happens is probably just sleep paralysis, but exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm all
0: about like ghosts and believing in them, but I want to be like critical and be like, well, was it a ghost or was it sleep paralysis? So I think it was that. So I always like kept an eye out in that apartment. She moved out. Uh, My friend Nicole Byer moved in, and I didn't really see anything or nothing really happened. Uh, Nicole says she saw a guy in a white suit. Whoa. Colonel Sanders I was just gonna say. yeah, like, like yeah, like a Colonel Sanders type. Um, but I never saw him and I want to believe her but I'm like, I don't know or uh, maybe was, I don't know. I don't w- know what it was. Was that sleep paralysis, John? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably sleep paralysis. It doesn't fit the bill.
3: Yeah. Sleep paralysis collectors club doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it. So, let's err on the side of ghosts. So, wait, so you said let's let's we ask our guests, what's your personal paranormal history? Did you
0: What is your personal... I mean, let me ask that question. What is it? What is
3: your personal paranormal (laughs) history? Let's do it. In that
0: apartment, what we did hear was clapping. Like, if we were in my bedroom, we'd hear clapping in the living room. We'd go out there, and nobody was there.
3: Like applause, or just... Or the clap on.
0: Like that. Ooh. Three claps. And then uh, one time, uh, we were at the dining room table, and in the kitchen, a glass flew off the counter what so that was we were like whoa did it shatter yeah whoa Hmm. did
3: you see it happen or just saw it it happen oh really i've always wanted to talk to somebody who's seen like
2: poltergeist activity it wasn't like on a slant or anything no flat
0: clowner a flat clowner
2: a flat clowner (laughs) was in there flat counter Uh nicole salt too really yeah whoa what'd you make of that right after it happened i was
0: like that's weird that's the weirdest thing how yeah. far did it travel not far it just went like knocked a foot off a foot away from the counter whoa yeah, that's messed up i wonder if so you get you had a
3: ghost cat ghost <laughs> you know how cat bat things off countertops yeah that's their game sure I don't know what I would do if I saw – because I've definitely – I've told this story before that I was in an apartment that I was subletting in uh, Upper East Side, New York, and she had a giant – um, Folgers can full of pennies that was sitting on the counter. That I walked through the room, and a second later, that thing fell on the floor and spilled everywhere. It's heavy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. something moved moved it. Mm. So uh, that's, but I didn't see it happen. I can't. Uh, that would that would for sure. I'd be in the Bryce Club. Bryce is always like pack up and move when this stuff yeah, happens. Get the Fuck out.
2: I would have gotten out of there. You ever see those like videos of like the. There was that one in the school. that was like black and white from a from an actual mounted camera, where the the lockers just fly open and yeah. a couple things shoot fly well, out. I think that it's like that, right? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I think that one, unfortunately, Don't do it, is coming Michael. out as a hoax. Uh, I think unfortunately. How do you know which one I'm really talking good. about? I,
3: because I remember it went around. It was a very popular one. <sighs> Does Whatever. that stuff scare you, John?
0: It doesn't scare me. Yeah, you seem I like un- unf- honestly, you seem unfazed. I welcome it, and I would want to see them. I want to see a ghost. I Mm. want to communicate. They don't scare me. It's just like, I don't think they, like Marcy, I believe, was saying that they can kill you from that show she was watching. (laughs) I I don't believe that they can kill you. Um, And I believe it's just like we can coexist in the apartment together. I mean, it was a nice apartment. I wouldn't leave either. Yeah. Yeah. But well you did. I didn't did. You? you did. But I gave it to a friend. Oh. All right. So I still get to visit it. Do you hear any encounter stories from no. them? No. Really? Yeah. Maybe the ghost moved on when you moved on. Well, they got new cabinets and like
2: uh oh. so new floor. They That's what the s- ghost wanted all along. They say that <laughs> houses I have Here is dull. Yeah. <laughs> they see <I> that <laughs> can move on. <laughs>
3: Finally. Uh they say that the most paranormal activity happens, occurs in a house when it's undergoing renovations and like walls are getting knocked down mm. and stuff's getting like re- redone because it's almost as if the house itself is, you know, being shook apart. And that's kind of when the ghosts heighten, you know, whatever right. the spirit of the home is like haunting the home. I wonder if home. Chip and Joanna have ever... <laughs> right? From, uh, I was always fascinated by...
2: Uh, so That's a-, a
3: show. We need to do that show. A, a, a house a, a combination paranormal uh ghost hunter show and house flipping show. Come on. Okay. All Boom. Right. We that just sold good. it. We could we just sold it.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say I was always fascinated by there's a there's a ranch in Utah called Skinwalker Ranch and it and it is it has a variety of different type of paranormal happenings. Um but the previous owners they had left in the lease to the new owner that they were selling it to not to dig up anything on the property without alerting them first. Which makes me wonder, like, like if they were going to dig up something, like, it might affect the new owners wherever they moved. You know right. what I mean? Otherwise, why would they care? Uh-huh. You know? So it's like as if it, like, awoken something, like you're saying, during a renovation. But And perhaps it obviously could travel, you know, over space and time. I mean, otherwise, why would they give a shit? But I always found that, like, a fascinating kind of little... Yeah. Tidbit into that Skinwalker Spooky. Ranch thing. Did
0: they ever dig anything up?
2: Yeah, they did dig. They did. They dug lots of stuff. I mean, that was... <laughs> they just mean, oh, Yeah. You know, you tell <laughs> well, the new
3: owners not to dig. That's the f- well, first <laughs> thing they do is go out and buy a shovel.
2: Yeah. <laughs> if you're not familiar with this story, the first thing that happens is this new family brings their property on the ranch as they see this huge wolf come out from the tree line. And uh, it seems docile enough because it's almost like sauntering like, up to the family. It's supposed to, to be like dire wolf size, yeah. And they said they said almost to their shoulder height was the oh. size of this wolf, and so much so that they reached out and they the they pet it, you know, the father. And uh, it wasn't then until uh, he you know he had he had he was a, a a farmer and he had prized cattle and they had he had he had these calves in this pen, and then it immediately goes for the snout of one of these calves. And uh, I'm, I'm going to speed up this story. But anyway, so they're like, oh, shit. So he grabs his 357 Magnum, and he fires into this wolf, and, and it didn't even affect it. And uh, so much so that they had to, like, go get his rifle out of the—his uh, .30-06 or something out of his truck bed. And that's when he fired again, multiple shots into this thing, and where he saw some fluff kind of, like, fly off. And then it kind of just sauntered nonchalantly back into the woods. But that started— uh, the paranormal happenings that took place on this ranch, uh, so much so that uh, a guy named Robert Bigelow—he's a space privateer—he um, got he got got all his billions through uh, the hotel business in Las Vegas. He ended up buying the property and installing his own scientific team mm-hmm. uh, called NIDs. I'm what I'm, I'm, I'm I just love. Speed it up. I just love
3: watching our guests. <laughs>
2: Interest slowly dwindle Uh and
3: then concern Uh rises. Like for
2: keep having
0: questions. What what was his job? Space? What? Oh, he's he's
2: a privateer. So yeah, he's uh, he he, he's into the space industry. He's like Elon Musk. His name is Robert Bigelow. Um, In fact, he he has uh, his uh, it's an expandable pod that uh, is on the uh, international space station. (laughs) It's an inflatable pod.
3: Bryce, it's time for
2: your meds. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, yeah. so, yeah, moving on We've And talked- you know a lot
0: about guns <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so like, that yeah,
3: helps. that sounds like
0: a gun yeah, That sounds yeah.
3: like a big yeah. gun <laughs> So, John, growing up, what did you have any interest in this stuff? Did you have any encounters of your own before you lived in this apartment? Be it UFOs
0: or weird phenomenon, you know um, Well, growing up in New Jersey um, like You saw the Jersey Devil? no
3: did you hear about the jersey devil was that something that was on your radar no i don't think so have you ever heard of the jersey
0: devil i've heard of the jersey okay
3: okay yeah nobody really talked about it but (laughs)
0: that's disappointing you know we you in jersey you would go to diners uh you go over to friends house to drink uh, if the parents weren't home or you would get in the car and go up into the mountains they weren't like real mountains but like catskills yeah oh yeah and then uh it was, like, known, like, it was passed down from generation to generation at school to be, like, oh, you got to go to this, like, little castle. So you go down, like, a wooded road, and then you just see, like, a, a dirt driveway with, like, no mailbox. Like, that's it! And you turn right, and you go into it, and it's through the woods, and then you see, uh, like, a little castle, like, a what's that called? Like a tower? A tower. Hmm. And then like a house attached to that tower. And you park the car and then you're like, Oh God, here it is. It's like an abandoned little castle house. And you walk in. It's super scary. Especially the first time. Like I think I sat in the car the first time. Um and didn't get out. This sounds awesome. So you walk into the house, all the like the doors are gone, and I it probably I think it was like taken over by like Satanic people. Yeah, there was a satanic cult there in the. We want this property for (laughs) ourselves. So you go in there. There, I remember there was prosthetic limbs. What on the floor? That's creepy. And then there was a refrigerator, and you open the fridge, and there was like jars of hair. No. What? Mm -hmm. That sounds ritualistic. Get
3: out of there! But I didn't experience any ghosts. But like,
0: you just like, and then some people would like break a window or trash a little like let's get out of here right
2: but yeah if you're just first bored... let's smoke some weed in here <laughs>
3: <laughs> the j- fridge full of hair jars no <laughs> thank you yeah. i would not
0: want to it's almost like somebody put it there to be creepy right right yeah, right yeah, like I'm a little this performance up. rp that's yeah.
3: okay then i'm okay with it if someone's right. like you know what i'm gonna spruce this up f- for the kids a little bit That is the Catskills, you know, are pretty. I mean, that's they're like notoriously there's so much folklore about how haunted they are and how much UFO activity actually Mm -hmm. happens there. So, I like that you were running around there as a teenager, and it was
0: pitch black, like there was no lights, so you only had your headlights. Mm. Then it's just like, yeah, your headlights like illuminate the place, and you're like, oh my god.
1: Little,
3: I don't know. know. Did you guys ever see that documentary Cropsy about the Staten oh, Island, like old, I think it was like an old insane asylum out on Staten Island. There was like a, a kid killer out there that they called Cropsy, and like they thought there was like a ghost that was out in this old abandoned building. It was Is it kinda, in Long Island or Staten Island? I thought it was
0: Staten Island, but it might be Long Island. It might be. When I was in a fraternity, we, they brought us to like a big field and there was like a huge abandoned mental faci- or what you yeah, said like yeah, yeah, yeah. like a huge old building asylum yeah, or yeah. Facility.
3: and was the did why were you going to all these abandoned buildings
0: with your friends? they did like some pledging <laughs> thing there what did you have to, can you tell us what you had to do i don't remember probably had to say <laughs> that like founding fathers backwards or i don't know oh, okay. to kill event. a couple animals
2: <laughs> sacrifice eat a frog. Things.
3: eat a
0: live frog mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not into these abandoned buildings. I'm not into the like, bu-
3: building bullshit. I grew up in
0: Montgomery, New Jersey, which is okay. um so is like that near in- Princeton. Yeah, okay. And uh there was a lot of abandoned buildings. There was also um was it mental institution? Like it was like six buildings next to each other and it was behind the school. And they just recently, like in the past ten years, uh renovated it and now it's like a middle school. But forever God, it was just empty buildings ooh. of that it was a mental institution. Well then now it still kind of is because it's a middle school. <laughs> 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 it's like I mean Touché. man,
3: I that well, that's gotta be that is a haunted fucking school. You know that's haunted. Yeah. Everyone says their middle school's haunted. Our middle school is supposedly haunted.
2: Yours wasn't a prior mental asylum,
1: though.
3: <laughs> no, but there was rumor that there was an old dead janitor buried in the courtyard under oh, a hill. That's awesome. He'd want to be buried there. <laughs> yeah. Bury me where I work. <laughs> yeah. I loved this place. I don't think there's any truth behind that rumor. Um, so you, even then, I mean, going into abandoned, like the old castle was kind of scary, but did you grow up? You were not. You say you're not scared of the paranormal. Was there ever a time when you were like horror movies, all this stuff? You know, was there anything that like what scared, what did scare you as a kid? Like what captured your imagination?
0: Well, I would have night terrors. Um, Join the club. Uh, like full on awake, screaming, but like sleepwalking. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, and then I would wake up the next morning and be like, Did I? I have a nightmare last night. They're like, yeah, John, you were going crazy. <laughs> Everyone in the My house. mom pinpointed, she's like, I think it, anytime you have a nightmare, it's always because you have cereal right before you go to bed. So it's like sugar. Whoa. So oh, we stopped doing like cereal before bed. Right. Um, But the common thread in all my nightmares, cause I kind of remember them is legend. with Tim Curry oh, as yeah, the, devil the devil guy. Yeah. Yeah. He would be in every nightmare of mine. And like, He'd be cranking something that would squish me (gasps) further and further. Death device. Yeah, death device. And so he was, yeah, a common character in all my (laughs) nightmares. And one time my mom was holding me down. And I remember remember the nightmare, like the visions of my nightmare and what was happening around me in my bedroom. And I remember like my sister in the doorway. It was like in the middle of the night. She's like, John. And my mom was holding me down. And I was small, probably. Eight years old, I threw my mom across the bed. What Weird. with like strength? You had like, madman oh. strength. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, did she
3: look like the devil when she was holding you down? Would it manifest like I don't would remember you that hallucinate part. things in your room while you were having these instances, or was it always the transition from waking up from the nightmares? Uh,
0: Say that again. But- well,
3: would you see, so, like, I've had s- situations where I, I would get night terrors, but I'd be like, I would wake up and see something in the room. It uh-huh. would instantly vanish, but then that would scare me. So when you were having these, you know, episodes, I don't want to call it an episode, but when you were having your night terrors, was it always the result of a bad dream you're waking up screaming, or would you actually see things in the room that maybe were, weren't there?
0: If I think it was a dream. And then I would wake up from the dream and be having like a right. nightmare. Right, right, right. Like a, the experience of the dream would freak me out, and I'd be screaming. And you know, yeah.
3: you you know, what you have to do is before you go to bed tonight, eat a big bowl of fruity pebbles, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. you find that devil and you fucking kill him Raffle in him. your dream. You've never you
2: gotta complete. You gotta you gotta close the circle. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. My son wakes up with night terrors every now and then, and it's like it, you can't like get him out of it. It's 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 really, yeah. it's really pretty crazy. It's it's scary for the parents too. And you know what? We feed him. So he wants cereal before bed sometimes. I wonder if that has anything to do with it.
0: Yeah, the, no doctors said, "Oh, it's the cereal." But my mom was like, "I think it's the cereal." And right. then once I stopped eating the cereal, I stopped having the nightmares.
2: Hmm. I bet you there's a connection. What there. kind of cereal was it? Nightmare um,
0: Nightmare Flicks. It was. I ate a lot of Life. Because that's sugar. Yeah. Um, rarely Captain Crunch, um, but mostly Rice Krispies, and then I put sugar on
3: it. That'll, oh. it.
2: That'll do it every time.
0: I love
3: life cereal, and I would eat it well into my 20s as a snack, but instead of night terrors, it gave me raging IBS, and I started to realize <laughs> that there was a connection between oh, life boy. cereal and my <laughs> constipation. <laughs> And as soon as I stopped doing that, my IBS got a lot better. Was it the milk? Uh, Well, by that point, I wasn't even drinking milk. It was probably soy milk mm-hmm. at that point
0: or almond milk or something. But, yeah. I That's used the... to chug milk like oh, water. Oh, me too, growing up as a kid. Was, like, take the gallon and just drink right out of the gallon. <laughs> yeah. Like, I never drank water. I was just always drinking milk. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just picture you on the treadmill. <laughs> just like,
3: oh.
2: <laughs> Sports bottle of milk. Just,
3: <laughs> uh. Yeah, we definitely grew up in a like three glass of milk a day home, and I can't do it because I have like I it, it I took can't me for it it, it, may, it gives me such terrible sinus issues too. Like I'm I think we've got an allergy that no one in the family is willing to to admit in our immediate immediate family.
2: But yeah, yeah, I don't do I don't do milk. I don't do it anymore. It just doesn't seem right. Like we're the only species on earth that's still drinking.
3: Yeah, why are we drinking like the, the milk, the baby, especially from another yeah, animal? The baby food sense. of another animal.
2: It's not, not
3: necessary. Head, no because the milk
0: farmers—that's yeah. what they're called—they yeah. pushed it on us. They yeah, like milk, tricked man. us. They're like, "Oh, you yeah. gotta have milk." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah are you it kidding? Like, it's like Madison Avenue and
3: those
2: big farms, meat and dairy business. That's because yeah, they got business. a lot
3: of it. They got to get rid of it. They got to sell it. Mm. It's just like uh, Listerine was originally created as a uh something to tr- strip or treat aluminum mm. and then that didn't work for that but they were like it was what? a floor cleaner or something yeah, wasn't they it they were it like, like well they tried a couple different things right. and it w- as an antiseptic like floor cleaner right. aluminum stripper and then they were like well we made this what are we going to do do get that out of your
2: mouth are we Listerine not supposed to have
0: Listerine now
3: oh it's it's a bullshit product it was <laughs> never it's never been like a thing It's just, Mm. it's literally like a chemical that they invented in a lab for it to be like, to to be an industrial chemical, didn't, wasn't strong enough, didn't work. And then they finally are like, well, this is something, what should we do with it? I think they literally added mint and then they sold his mouthwash.
0: Mm. So pretty, pretty wild. Did you hear that World Uh, dentists have been scamming us? Oh, do tell. Like, you don't need to go to the dentist twice a year, you like cavities can heal themselves and like it's just like, Oh, you need to have this root canal uh maybe you don't, you go get a second opinion. Like right. it's just they've made it seem like you need to go to the dentist all the time. On and a regular. like...
3: Yeah. Well, we're going to put we're going to add dentist to our enemy list just under Sean Penn. That's the <laughs> new BCC <laughs> enemy list. Mm. I have to go to the dentist this week. I haven't been in well over a year and my teeth are pretty pretty good. But oh I, but they do help get the plaque,
2: mm-hmm. you know, off your teeth. You want I have dentist horror stories. I used to have well, as as I'm told, I have soft enamel and deep grooves, but I used to get uh, cavities <laughs> all the, that's the time. That's on a radio. DJ. That's like you you just so- with the soft, soft enamel, and deep, deep grooves. grooves. That's Next your, up on the track, that's your yours and uh, Riley's act, it's like totally. musical act. But soft I remember, I so, had, I never, yeah, had, a, deep grooves, I never had a perfect checkup like when I was young. So I always, so I fucking hated the dentist. Not only that is my dentist was a nightmare. Like, so he he would, I remember one time he'd be like, hey, do you want to you hold a mirror and see what I'm doing? And I was like, Gay. no. And he kind of puts it in my hand and I couldn't turn it away. And all I remember seeing is just like blood in the drill and like, Gay. and ah. I'm just like watching the whole thing go down. And
1: he's in Too full dust. clown makeup. Yeah, yeah,
2: no, and he's like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. Ah
0: fucking
1: dentist. There was one
0: dentist I went to in Queens. I had to go back like twice because I can't remember. if I guess it was cavities. But he put the mouth thing in me and was working on me but he would take breaks and just talk about his son. Oh God. Like for an hour just sit there and be like, so my son wants a car but he already crashed my car. (laughs) I'm like dude, I have to go to work. Right. (laughs) I don't care. And you can't and I couldn't say anything. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh.
2: You know, you're a good listener. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, when I was a
3: kid, the dental hygienist that my mom, like the, the my dentist and my mom took took us to when we were kids, me and my sister, there was this one dental hygienist. She was probably like 75 and had terrible emphysema. And while she was cleaning your teeth, she would just look over and go, <gasps> <sighs> 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 Oh, oh. <sighs> in uh, your face and i remember like it was a joke between me and my we were little kids but i was like i hope i don't get her because then i would start it would get to
1: the point that i was uncomfortable then i would start laughing right <laughs> so yeah my mom was a dental hygienist oh no <laughs> and when we were kids she would insist on doing our cleanings and it was the only time a year that she would be a practicing dental hygienist because she no longer was oh that. she didn't practice anymore no but she did one one day a year when it was cleaning our teeth. Oh man! So she was not well practiced. <gasps> and it was the worst i love it
3: like some kids like moms cut their hair you got a
1: home dentist yeah yeah well because we go to my uncle who's the who is a dentist and then my mom would do the clean because she's like it's good practice is your dad Uh. an oral surgeon no no he's a neurosurgeon neurosurgeon that's Mm, right but anyways my mom listens to the show you did a great job mom wow (laughs) thanks for the oh my gosh she also cut my hair so we'll just
3: is that why you never cut it anymore? That is why yeah. There you go. And that's why your teeth are all black. <laughs> I also don't go to the dentist anymore.
1: <laughs>
3: anyway, I get but... paranoid. I that's the, the 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 great dentist lie of the twentieth century has definitely mm-hmm. worked on,
2: on me. All well right, I so do remember dental, when I finally milk. got laughing gas and it was like a savior because that's so great. as soon as that <laughs> drill turned on it was so great. As soon as that drill turned on, I imagined like I was on an F fourteen Tomcat from Top Gun <laughs> and like the engines roared and it was like <laughs> And I was like, and I was like, this cleaning's going all right. You know, it's fucking awesome. You should have
3: been an air force pilot. Why Ah, weren't you? All signs in your life point Johnson. You'd be just like shooting down UAPs, calling in Tic Tacs. Fuck yeah, I could still do it. Yeah,
2: maybe not.
0: Do you believe in (laughs) UFOs? Sure. Yeah, Yeah? it's crazy to think that there's like not. An insect on another planet or something that right. counts as a well, no. well, an well, alien, alien. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah.
3: I mean, do you think the little insect? What if the little insects are getting in tiny ships and coming? We would never know. That'd what if adorable. insects are tiny little UFOs with tiny little people inside of them? I mean, not, we Just dude. think they're flies. A lot of
2: UFO experiencers, because uh, I know
3: science has never studied a fly. Yeah, <laughs> <before>. <laughs> well, <laughs> isn't it weird? There, when, like, ah. it, it is weird when
0: you hit a fly, it doesn't phase it at all. It's like like, it's so much smaller than me. Either that or oh, yeah. you just have no upper body strength. Well, well you <laughs> hit yeah. like, it fly. No, it should, yeah, like, yeah. explode or it should be knocked out. Right. But it's just, like, it continues <laughs> it flying. I love the idea of tiny awesome. explosion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, yeah, you're right. Well, it, they experience time different too, right? Because you, they, they, are able to like see your hand in slow motion, and that's why they're always able to, to dodge it or something. Right? Yeah,
3: they're like little Marvel superheroes. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: I don't know the science. But behind what if that, bug?
3: But... What if bug consciousness is some sort of type of extraterrestrial consciousness Dude, why not? from another dimension that is just like scouting out,
2: you know? Yeah, what's going on over here? Why not? You know, I these UFO experiences, there's, a, there's, lot a, whole, of there's awesome. a whole section of aliens. They call the bugs. And a lot of them are like praying mantises. And you know, there was a video on the dodo the other day. Have you ever seen the dodo? It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it pops a great, up. it's a Instagram, a uh, site where they always do like cute animal stories, but this dude found a praying mantis on his like tire he picked it up and he was like I didn't want to run it over so and the, the praying mantis just just stayed with him all day long like and it would like and it hung out with the dude like you know he put it in his hair and he was like brushing his teeth with it and the man he fed it like little orange slice, little water it's like a little fucking pet and it just it just begs the question like i wonder how far that intelligence goes i mean cuz we often know you know, we look in the eyes of a dog, and we're like, yeah, there's something there. There's, you know, it experiences emotions and feelings, and there's probably a soul behind that. But but then when we get down onto a smaller scale, you're like, well, what about a fly or a bee or a praying mantis? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I think we make that distinction. We're like, no, nah, probably not them, but... It's just I've just often wondered, to be been like, yeah, why not,
3: you know? Dude, 2016 Royals had a praying mantis called Rally that they found in their dugout uh, when they were making a huge comeback. Really? And then they would take it on tour with them really? to different stadiums and he'd hang out. Yeah, he he lived for like a whole month with the team. That's and then, crazy. And then man. one of them died and then a second one showed up and they took him around Whoa. too. Yeah. And while all that was happening, a praying mantis was living on my front porch and Weird. he lived there for like a week and then he took off. I don't know where yeah. he went to.
2: You know, when you think of UFO experience or contacts, there's—it's really the only bug there is, right? Is that is the mantid? They call it the mantids, you know, and it's—I um, think
3: there's like tarantids too. There are ones that kind of look spider like spider ones.
2: Interesting, but those praying mantis ones are the crazy.
3: Yeah, I don't know about that stuff. I don't do you know. Mean, have you
2: guys seen UFOs? I have. I've seen. I've seen things I can't explain that. Uh, that uh, they're like white spherical kind of glowing things, and they'll they'll move in one direction, sort of stop and move back, and so it's not a satellite, it's not a star. Mm-hmm. It was in the daytime. And uh, I'd seen him multiple times. I even have pictures of him, photos. I took some video. You took a video of that orange. Orb there's there's one. something I saw on Halloween night. My family saw it. It was this orange spherical orb, like, and I was just on like,
3: someone's front porch. It was just a weird it trick or it Eyes and
2: a no. mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. No. And, and uh, candy inside. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. But I, I took video of that. I actually have phone video of that. My whole family saw it. It was just sort of like like lazily like floating in this, in the sky, only like 40, 40 feet above us. And just to the, in front of us. And it was like, I could not fucking make out what it was. It was very eerie. And even with the white spherical things, you always have this sense that, that they know you're watching that like the, you know what I mean? There's like an intelligent control behind it. And there's this sense that like it, it, it it is observing you observing it. Mm -hmm. I can't explain. It's very strange. Do you guys ever, or have you thought like, oh, Trump's president,
0: he's gonna blurt out that there are UFOs? Because no, because I don't think they, I, like his- he
3: would. But they, they're not telling him. Oh, they're not. They're not telling him. Okay. I think most presidents don't know because they're temporary um unless there was a need to know like unless like a ufo landed on the white house lawn or they were like shooting down planes and there was some sort of like thing like unless it was like independence day i don't think the president's know i think the it, the military keeps whatever knowledge they have of that under lock and key the pentagon probably it's just like a small part of the pentagon that knows some of this stuff cuz it the presidents are only mm-hmm. in power for 4 to 8 years I don't think they tell them, and I think if they go – I mean, there's the argument that they can't have access because they have so much access to top secret stuff, but I can't even imagine – Trump can't imagine life outside of his own brain. I can't imagine him at all being interested in the idea that there might be life on other planets at all, period, anyway. Well, and
2: what's to to report? We already explained. There was a new article that just came out in the Washington Post and other – you know uh sources that the that the navy is now uh the angry a, angry navy pilots wanted uh you know want to be able to report their ufo sightings which the, mm-hmm. which the washington post reported or more than um 2 a month which is like you know there's an uptick in taking place since 2014 but it really it's like and we and we know the government is studying them because the new york times came out with an article that there's a program yeah, called a couple a- of years tip. now yeah a couple years old now that you know, the, the government's spending $22 million, you know, investigating this stuff. But if you really think about it, I mean, the gov- it's not like they have much to report to the president. It's just like, hey, you know, we've got another sighting on gun camera of this thing that was, like, flying around, evading our, you know, jets yeah, and stuff. I mean- With- I've always been under the the impression like, you know, what's to really do about it? You know, Mm. there's not much they can... Well, I
3: think that's the whole reason why they don't admit it because there's no way of... They don't know what the thing is. They don't know how to protect... They don't know where it comes from. They don't know how to protect us from it. So they don't want to admit that there might be something out there that they can't protect citizens from. That would make them
0: irrelevant. Their whole point is of the military is to protect us, so... But the pilots are saying that they're they're seeing more more Oh, yeah, more and more. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and they're getting real big like now it's coming out there was a on in april there was a april 24th there was a because uh, this will air in a few weeks but there was a whole story that we covered last week about the in the washington post and politico about naval officers they are like we need to start being able to report these without being stigmatized and um, yeah, they're seeing stuff up there multiple times a month, they say. The Navy, At least, The Navy yeah. encounters stuff that they, they don't understand. It's a strange
2: phenomenon, you know, and, and, and they don't move like normal craft. They don't, they don't have exhaust or they don't, you know, and they're able to evade, you know, our fastest jets. And, you know, they show up on radar, so they're getting multiple verification sources, mm-hmm. you know, from the ground, from the air. Um, and, you know, yeah, nobody really has an idea what these things are, why they're here you know what they represent or if there's anyone flying them or it's a strange phenomenon and it goes back hundreds of years and if not thousands and so but yeah there seems to yeah, be think this, about uh... that while you uh, eat your life cereal tonight, yeah. <laughs> John yeah, it's a strange thing what, um, was what was
0: that town in it was in Arizona where the like the spaceship Oh, you mean in Roswell, Roswell, New Mexico or Phoenix?
2: Phoenix Arizona? The Phoenix. Oh, the
0: Lights. Phoenix Lights. Yeah. 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 That was, they'd never explained that. that yeah, no. Easy. No, a whole no city
3: they said it was military Thousands flares, but even the governor, yeah, state though. governor later came out and said, I saw a huge craft fly, fly over the horizon. Yeah. That's Some right. people reported a craft as
2: large as a mile
3: wide. Mile long,
2: yeah, and it wasn't just one craft. It was as we as we would later learn, we did a whole episode on the Phoenix Lights, but it was multiple craft. I, I think some witnesses called them like a parade of like you know giant e- boomerangs, f- giant boomerang shaped crafts. Um, what I found interesting about the Phoenix Lights s- story, which as a, as I was researching, it was not just that these things were like flying over. And that people could, you know, they would blot out the stars. These, you know, and and they were really just kind of going over about 100 feet over people's houses. So it's Mm -hmm. not like it was like way off in the distance. These were like, these people would be out in their front yard and there's this thing. What I found most interesting about that, I guess, case that you could call it is, is that people kind of, when they were witnessing it, they would kind of like go off into some sort of, I don't want to call it a daze, but they would... Like a laxadaisical kind of like response to it. Almost <laughs> That's just like, another
3: way of saying days. Yeah, right. right. But, <laughs> it literally has the word days in it. They <laughs> weren't
2: freaking out and screaming and, and a lot of the witnesses said it had some sort of kind of profound effect on their consciousness as it as it flew over. Like they they remember not equating it to sort of a spiritual reverie, but but, it, but kind but, of, yeah. But kind of, they couldn't yeah. put their finger on. Like it was a paranormal. It was, yeah. It was a event. happening. It was a, it, yeah. It was almost associated with like a this just this feeling that it left them with, you know what I mean? Of a profound sense of like a, a deeper mystery of what was out there. And strange, very yeah, strange. Yeah,
3: if I saw a black giant boomerang flying over my house, I'd probably feel the same way. Yeah, right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I guess like, it was blah. like you said, no,
2: it was, it was minus the panic and minus just like, yeah, you know, it was to be... Sense of calm. Would, yeah, that's It's right. almost
3: as if these craft or whatever they are admit sort of a like... Calming, like subliminal, yeah. calming, like Wi Fi signal to be like, don't freak out. We'll right. be fine. You're yeah. just passing through here. Well,
2: that was another thing, too, is like uh, uh, a lot of the witnesses, too. They felt sort of like, I guess you could call it mind speak or mental speak, like, you know, messages of peace and kind of like, you know, don't Whoa. freak out. Aww, like, you know, that's so nice. that is like very that. considerate yeah.
3: of those aliens.
2: Yeah. The
0: aliens are nice. They haven't I done know. anything to us. They're no. just like checking. Nope. Us I out. mean,
3: not not nothing we can see. There's yeah. some dark corners of the internet that will tell you otherwise, but we're not one of those. Oh, okay, we have a game that we like to play with all of our guests. It's rapid fire. It's called bullshit or believe it. So I'm going to go down a list. If you believe in it, you say believe it. If you doubt it or don't buy it, you say bullshit. If you're somewhere in between, just you know use some inflection the best you can. Okay, and we'll come back if there's anything we want to go back, circle back to. On your mark, get set, ghosts. Believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Bigfoot. Bullshit. Angels. B- Bullshit. Gnomes. Bullshit. Fairies. Bullshit. Unicorns. Bullshit. Loch Ness monster.
0: Believe it.
3: Little gray. <laughs> You're doing really <laughs> good at this game so far. Uh little gray aliens. Believe it. Dogman. Dogman. B- Bullshit. Parallel universes. I'm gonna believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: shapeshifters. B- believe it. Mermaids. Bullshit. Heaven. B- believe it. There's yeah, there's something. I don't know. It's okay, not, we'll put it we'll put a star next to that one, come back.
3: Hell. Believe it. Dragons. Bullshit. Yeti. Believe it. It's a yeti. That's the abominable snowman. It's like a snow Bigfoot um, in the Himalayas. Bullshit. Okay, uh, elves. <laughs> you should have
0: left that alone, Michael. <laughs> uh, bullshit. ESP. Believe it. Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Is that like a uh, bullshit? Demons. <laughs> Believe it. Atlantis.
3: Believe it. Life on other planets. Believe it. World peace.
2: Oh, believe. Peace (laughs) in the multiverse. Believe it. Cool. Great. Good Yay, job. Well done. Right. Well done. Okay. I was just thinking if like you've never heard of Dogman, and someone's like Dogman, you're like, what the <laughs> bullshit? <fuck>? What <laughs> <is he laughs> bullshit. And then penguin horse. Catwoman. <laughs> yeah. The penguin horse. Batman. <laughs> uh,
3: Dogman uh, Dog <coughs> stuff is pretty fascinating. Yeah. I was a downer myself until I read the works of Linda yeah. S. Godfrey. Um, but I want to talk about a couple things on your list that popped
0: up. Uh, Bigfoot, you're like bullshit. No Bigfoot. You know what? Maybe there was a time where a really like big, hairy mountain man that was, had all these problems with him lived, and then people saw him, and then right. he died. And I like the, just the general umbrella of all yeah. these problems. with
1: <laughs> <him>. <laughs> I, he, <laughs> he had some I think issues. at one point
0: in time, he maybe ex- there was a man that existed, well, but it's don't... not like an ongoing. Like Bigfoot has been living for
2: before the vernacular of bigfoot right. sort of came out that's how usually it was reported in the newspapers man. and stuff and it was a wild man in the well, woods what know? would
3: you think if like maybe what we're calling bigfoot are just a, a very a race of a very dwindling population of a a bipedal like like a primate like mm-hmm. um, like a type of somewhere in between a gorilla or a gigantic. Gantapithecus—it's a long ago extinct, um, a, you know, not ancestor because because we didn't descend directly from him. But um, you know, what if it? You know, I think Cliff Berrickman said on that recent interview that we just po- or the po- that we posted a couple weeks ago that there might be up to like maybe around seventy five spread across North America. So mm-hmm. it's been attributed as like one thing, but. Hmm. I don't know. What 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 if what if a case could be made for that better than what I'm arguing? Would you, you know? I I I think that made me believe it. Okay. Cool. Great. Done. My work here <laughs> is yeah. nice done. Nice <laughs> wow. All right. Uh wow. s- little great aliens you were like, yeah, sure. sure. Definitely Loch Ness monster you kind of were into? Yeah. Cool. Why Loch Ness monster? A lot of people say bullshit on that one.
0: Uh the, the he's in a lake, right? Yeah. 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 There's like we don't know what's down there there's like a deep dark cave maybe he was like dormant for a very long time and yeah i think godzilla we'll... rules i like that yeah sure. yeah yeah okay sure. cool
3: um you said demons believe you were very i later.
0: love uh para- the paranormal movies uh, like, um, ugh, I love paranormal this. activity yeah i love Got it um and i do think I don't have like a story personally about demons but I do. But there's malevolent spirits in the yeah. world. Did you mm. grow up
3: religious in a religious household at all?
0: We went to church uh-huh. like uh my mom and my mom and dad, my mom's presbyterian, my dad's catholic. That's the same same here. So my sister and brother were catholic and oh. then my sister and me we're Presbyterian.
3: Oh, weird. Like, how do you yeah. do this, honey? My Let's dad,
1: split the kids. <laughs> my That's dad, exactly what they did.
3: my dad, just didn't go to church. He was pretty lapsed Catholic, so like we had to go to church with my mom, and then we bailed as soon as possible. Right. Mm. So
0: we would go to the Presbyterian church one week, and then the Catholic church the next week, and then when they went to go up at the Catholic Church for communion, my sister and I would... Hang back. S- hang back. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's wild. That's a trip. Yeah.
0: Wow. Did your dad go, so he
3: attended church as well? Mm-hmm. Like, okay.
0: Like, my mom was in the choir. My I, mom was, too. That's yeah. really funny. And now she's doing bells. Are you guys oh. brothers? Wow. <laughs> Might be brothers. <laughs> <laughs> this explains...
1: Wait wait my room was down minute. the hall.
2: Mine was too. Wait, wait a minute. You're that kid <laughs> screaming in my house all the yeah. time. So what was the hesitation about... Uh, what are your thoughts on Heaven and Hell? Um...
0: I think there's like a peace of mind, or just like we don't know what heaven is, but I know I believe like if you're good, you know, you will. What's the word? Um, like there's a higher vibrational. Like you get, you get, um, if you're nice,
2: you get shock. No, not shock. Like, are you saying uh, that like, you know, Karma. People yeah, can experience sure. hell on earth. You know what I mean with their own tortures and their own like. That's how I've always thought of it. I'm now. I'm now. I'm projecting my thoughts on. But when I was, you,
0: if you're upset with your life, or if you're you're angry, if you're a bad person, mm. when you die, I feel like that you gra- anger. And you hatred, naturally like, gravitate towards that. Yeah, some... but if you're like, I lived a good life, like I was a nice person, you die peacefully, and yeah. you like. Hmm. I don't. I it, understand that. It's hard yeah. to put into words, but like no, But like, like, I think there is a, a nice calming yeah place yeah you it's just like you can you're tuned into that frequency you're working towards
3: that you're hoping when you pass you head into a higher dimensional plane of whatever the next life is instead of getting kind of trapped in the lower dimensional right. with all the other angry and you know sad a lot of the
2: and uh, a lot of the new near-death experience kind of, the new death experience in the near-death experience catalog um, what they find is that like people who kind of hold on to, uh, either relationships or sort of their, their life back here on earth, they, they have sort of a negative, uh, um, transition into that, like whatever space they're moving into, you know, it's a lot more kind of like, um, it's not as easy as the, we're the, we're the ones that experience of just like a complete letting go, you know, it's more blissful for them. Mm They, you know, I don't know what that is, but, uh, you know, anyway, yeah. Sounds all right like well is what that sounds like. yeah way. right, right, right. still need to hear that story yeah yeah you still uh, got a we're gonna take story a for us. quick break he and looks and ready to tell we no. come back oh, no
3: no uh <laughs> we will have this week's story of high strange news. cool can't wait
2: all right awesome well i think you'll like this one uh riley especially because uh it's about a whole band that gets abducted. Oh, sick! And it's got, and I think you'll like it, Mike, because it's got teenagers and probably doobie I smoking. I like stories
3: <laughs> of horny teenagers yeah, yeah. Horny fighting teenagers. a monster. Yep, exactly.
2: A, lake, a good lake monster, wood monster, swamp well, bog creature. This is the abduction experience of Steve Boucher. Steve Boucher is from uh, Saint Catharines, Ontario. He's probably in his like mid to late sixties now but uh as he recalls his story he was uh around 1984 he was reading the famous book Missing Time by Bud Hopkins. Yep. Bud Hopkins was a uh was an artist and a sculptor but he was also kind of like known as i guess you could say like the grandfather of uh of, of abductions because he would he would interview abductees uh, and he copley was, woods yeah he was really uh, one of the first people to like amass yeah he was really one of the first people to uh, amass a collection of uh abductee experiences and, and and write books on them anyway so steve was reading this book missing time and uh and he recalls sort of like getting these like flashes of memory as he's reading this book and uh And at the end of the book, it says, you know, if you feel that you've had any incidents, incidents, please write. You know, and Bud Hopkins leaves his address or whatever. And um, anyway, so as he was reading this book, he gets this like recall of flash memory of uh, and he would later go on to get regressed, uh, which we'll go back more into later and to be able to come up to the details with. And I'll get more on that later. But he recalls the story of when he's around four or five and he's with his father in a car. And as they're driving in um, in St. Catharines, Ontario, his, his father sees this sort of white light, um, saucer-shaped light over the tree line. And uh, and so much so that it actually zooms ahead of them. And the next thing you know, it's on the middle of the road in front of them. Um, and he recalls, uh, and his father's like, you know, the, the, the craft lands in... And they both see these, like, couple beings come out of the craft. And his father is kind of panicked, you know. He says, and he tells his kid, you know, he tells Steve, like, You're going to die. He's like, you're going to die. We're now. both going to die now. We're both going to die. Don't panic. No, he says, He says, uh, stay down, stay low, is what he tells him, you know. And the two beings are standing there, and they're just looking at them, you know. And he said, as he recalled, as a kid, you know, he can't help but kind of pop over the car seat to get a good look. Um. So his dad's like, stay down, stay low. He gets out of the car, the dad, what? and he walks over to the uh, to the two beings, and and then Steve says he remembers kind of being able to hear the 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 telepathic messaging going on between his father and these two beings. One of the beings said to his father, "You seem concerned about the child." And uh, they he says, "Would you like one of my crew members to to take him back to the car?" Uh, oh, yeah, because he, he basically, uh, he said that he's, as a kid, you know, he, he he can get away with it. So he, he, he actually leaves the car, too. And he goes out behind his father, you know, mm-hmm. he goes up behind his father. And then that's when the being was like, you seem concerned about your child being here. And he's like, would you like our crew member to take him back what to the, the car? What did
3: the beings look like? Were they like classic alien well, greys?
2: Well, he has another uh, experience that I'll get into. Okay. But yes, he describes them just so you can visualize them. Um, But as the classic kind of smaller entities, larger heads, black almond-shaped oval eyes. Okay. Um, And so one of the beings takes him back to the car, um, walks walks Steve back to the car, and the being sits in the driver's seat. And as the other and his father and the other being are still talking,
3: I am the daddy now. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah. And so the beings kind of like. He's, Steve recalls him kinda of like trying to distract him. He's like, So how does this machine work? you know? And he says, Well, you know, you do this and Meanwhile
3: they're just shoving a giant tube up his dad's butt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and he's like and he's like and he's you know, he puts his hands on the steering wheel, what does this do? And 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 he thinks he was distracting him because as he looks back up, his father is now gone. Oh boy. And the other being. Um and so uh
0: left
3: that he's just babysitting this kid. Yeah,
2: right? So now he, he he felt that he was really being kind of babysat by this uh this creature and then uh and then so the being's like, you know, the then the father and the other being come out back out of the craft. And the other and yeah. the guy's like, uh, <laughs> <It's> like son, <laughs> daddy, dad has, a, <laughs> dad has a new secret lover and uh, we're not going to tell mom about. And the being in the car was like, well, I have to go. And, you know, Steve said he was kind of like enjoying this company, you know, as strange as it was. And he was like, oh, OK. He's like, and he could feel the leader back in him. He's like, no, I have to go. And so. They get back into the into this like white lighted spaceship and they and they fly off, you know. And the father comes back in the car and he's kind of like in a daze and kind of just like starts the car back up. And they're driving down the road and he's watching this thing and it sort of stops, but then it comes back around again and stops in the um in the front of the road again.
3: I decided I want to hear more about <laughs> season two of Thundercats. <laughs> You're
2: going to love this. And the being comes back to the front window. The dad rolls down the window, and the being's like, you forgot these. And it was his glasses. And the being hands him his glasses, and he puts his glasses back on. And he gets back into the spaceship, and the spaceship flies back off, right? Did he describe
3: what the craft looked like? Was it just a yeah, white? saucer-shaped
2: craft Saucer. with portholes glowing white. Okay. Uh, and that was the end of that incident that he recalled now fast forward about 10 years later and uh he's in a band now this guy steve uh and he's playing at the hotel niagara on the lake and it's, it's
3: called the outer space baby yeah
2: and uh and so as soon as he's done you know uh, his band get back in the van you know they're putting their equipment away and they see this hitchhiker with long hair and jeans right and he's like they're like oh okay and he's like he asked for a ride and they're like yeah sure which way are you guys going and he's like oh we're going back to saint ontario and he's like yeah that's where i'm going can i get a ride and they're like yeah sure no problem it's just a great so alien the, they let, in like a mullet wig <laughs> <laughs> totally so they let the dude in right and um and he, they're like, yeah. So you know, sit back in there with the equipment, and uh, it's it's so it's four guys and a girl. It's uh, he called them. He I think he gave them pseudonyms just because he d- didn't want to reveal their identity. But he called them Tom, who was on guitar, Sam on drums up front. They were driving, and then himself, Steve, and Calvin, the bass player, and Anne Marie, who was a girl. She was a friend of the. I drummer. figured that
3: out from the name.
2: And of course, this hitchhiker. And as they as they go to get back on the highway, it, it's it's closed. There's a they see that there's a detour, so they decide to go uh, around this back road, right? And so so they do. They take an alternate route, and as they do, they sort of see this just like he experienced when he was younger. They see this this kind of white light approach the middle of the road, and it stops on the middle of the road, and they're all kind of freaking out, and. Uh, You know, the the whole band, see, everybody in the van sees it, and sort of a kind of a panic uh, ensues, you know, and and the drummer, I think, was like, Everybody just shut up! Just shut the fuck up, everybody! You know, let's just stay still. Maybe they'll just go away and leave us alone, right?
0: Sounds like a drummer.
2: (laughs) Totally. But that didn't happen, right? And then so, um, and they see this sort of tractor beam. Uh, It sort of takes over the van, and as it starts moving... And uh, and then they see these creatures get out, right? And it's like, uh, oh, the van—the van the doesn't move yet. But they're under—they—they can't—they can't start it or they can't drive away. We're they caught feel, in a the tractor beam. They feel like right. They feel like they're trapped in some sort of tractor beam lock. And then that's when they these things these creatures exit the spaceship, right? And they're like they're getting out. And they're like, what do they look like? They're just little guys. <laughs> <laughs> is the hitchhiker in on this stuff? Yeah, the hitchhiker's in the back of the van. No, but right? is he in on well, it? Well, I'll get to that. So now these like he thinks there's like three or four of them. These four smaller creatures, small beings. You know, they look humanoid, and they have these wrap around black eyes. You know, almond, but they almost go to the side of the head. And he's in the We've back. We found some cool glasses. We, yeah, that's what I was <laughs> He's about. in the back of the van, right? And so he grabs this mic stand. He's ready to like, you know, he's fucking ready to go toe to toe with these guys and he sees one like just kind of cross the 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 back little porthole window of the van and they're all freaking out, you know. And um, and so they're all just like, you know, they can feel like the van rocking and there's and then, and then the new guy, fucking hitchhiker just opens up the van back door and opens it up and then and then gets out. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And then This is my stop. <laughs> right? And then so the 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 being gets into the van. He climbs up into the van. Now he said his head could clear the van. He was standing up. Oh wow. And and he, you know, he didn't have to kneel down or anything. And uh and and Steve goes to sort of swing and he's like, and he's paralyzed. Everybody's paralyzed in the van. And he gets what he called mind speak. He gets this telepathic message from one of the beings. And they said, I'm sorry, we had to temporarily paralyze you, but you were thinking violent thoughts. We just want to run some tests on three of you. The new guy, the bass player, and you. Right? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah, they knew who
1: played what. The aliens. Well, or, yeah, oh, some of the bass player. That's
2: just the way Steve described it. It's like they wanted, base, they wanted bro. the new guy, the bass player, <laughs> and me, right? That guitar player is an <laughs> asshole. And uh, not interested. And as the aliens walking back out, he says he got his foot caught in the snare drum stand. <laughs> And, uh, and, and it trips and it falls out of the van, right? And then the alien's like, whose is this? <laughs> and and like they point to the drummer. And the alien's like, bring him to me. Oh and so they, he's like, well, dude, you fucking sold me out, right? <laughs> so the drummer comes by and he thinks he's going to be like, I don't know, vaporized or something. But then he's like, the alien's like, is it damaged? <laughs> like, and he's like, uh, no. And... Uh, so anyway, they line up the four of them, right? He's like, he's like everybody out of the van. Now Steve is like, I love this part. He's like, always oh, kept my ba-. so if you're wondering what Steve plays, it's the recorder. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so he has a fucking bag of recorders, right? Oh, no, really? And he's like, and I never <laughs> leave my bag of recorders. So I fucking grab it. And I'm like, like
0: recorders from like when you're yeah, we in first grade? <laughs> exactly.
2: Those recorders. Uh and so he grabbed his bag of recorders, right? And they line the four of them up. And and as they're going to, because they, they basically they're going to go into the ship to run these tests and the aliens tell them they say, don't look left. Don't look right. And whatever you do, don't touch the hole. Don't touch the hole, you know? And of course, as they start move, they're all kind of like frozen a little bit. And then they're moving down this tractor beam towards the, uh, you know, towards this the ship. spaceship. And Steve looks right. And then they, everybody stops. And then he looks forward again, and then he says they start moving again. He looks left, and then they stop. And oh, then he looks weird. forward, and then they start moving again. He's like, okay, that's fucking weird. That's how it works. But as he gets to the spaceship, he actually ends up, he touches it, of course, because, you know, Steve? fucking Steve Ross. Is this the right? guy
3: who bought Scott, uh, Skinwalker
2: Ranch? No, no, <laughs> no. And so, um, to dig. so he touches it, and later he said after this incident, he developed this huge planter's wart on the two fingers Ew. where he... Uh, where he touched this craft. Um, but anyway, oh, and then he remembers, too, that the, the drummer banged his head on the archway, you know, like, <laughs> trying to get him... Oh,
1: fuck, dude!
2: <laughs> right? I love that. Um, but so, uh, right, so they get into the... Uh, they separate the group, they get into this craft, and they're like, remove your clothing. All right. and uh, Hey, come on. This I'm is- talking to the alien. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and... Uh, Steve's like, can I keep my underwear on? And he still has his bag of instruments, right? And they're sort of like, I guess. Um, and so they bring out this... Uh, oh, so while... And then he says he, the, 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 he sees this table and they roll out this, like, kind of... This bag of, like, surgical instruments, you know? And Steve's thinking, which I love this, too. He's like, I gotta fucking grab something off this ship, dude. I need fucking proof, right? I love that, because so many times people are like, if you why, why doesn't anybody take anything, you know? And so he sees this like kind of like fucking little cabinet, and it has this like knob. And he's like, I wonder if that fucking thing comes off, you know? And he grabs, it, he starts pulling, he starts, and it starts to turn, right? Like it's screwed. Mm-hmm. And so he's fucking unscrews this knob, and he fucking grabs, it, and he's like, he got, he's in his underwear, so he's got nowhere to put it, you know? And he's like, do I put it in my armpit or you know? You know where you put that? Shoving it up stage. my ass or <laughs> no? But as soon as he did that, he said one of the beings came up to him and he like, and he looks at him and he's like did you take something <laughs> like what did you take and the, and he's like fuck busted right because they could read his thoughts yeah and they're like you're not allowed to take anything and then the, what, no he said one being he said uh He's like, the one being kind of looked to the other one, what, I don't see the problem, like, let him take it. and the one's like, like, no, we cannot do that, you know? I think
3: these aliens are just Canadians. I know, right, <laughs>
2: right, like, sorry hey, but Ooh. you can't take that, eh? We just um, had those knobs put in. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so they run this kind of, like, he called it like this like old, like, kind of cell phone, it looked like a cell phone, but they ran it by his arm, and and he could see all his muscular Whoa. tissue and his veins yeah. and his and his skeleton stuff and Whoa, this was this weird. was 40 years ago i don't know if you've if you've seen recently but there was just a, a, a a release of this technology now. It's this. It's this uh, vein scanner. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. No. So it's almost exactly like the technology. Not as. Not it's kind of
3: like a X-ray yes, wand.
2: Yes. You run it across. You run it across your arm, and it reveals all the veins in your arm. Oh. Now he said this was more elaborate. You could see the muscle tissue, the bone, and everything. But he. But when he saw this in recent times, he was like, it really triggered back a lot of memories. Yeah. He's like, oh wow. Um, And then what else? Oh yeah. So then he's then then they run it across his stomach, and it, you know, this scanner, and it shoots up onto the onto a screen up on back onto the spaceship. Um, And as he does that, and there's just
3: a ham sandwich in there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, as he does that, there's this black and white spiral, and they're just like looking to look at just follow that. And then he blacks out. Um, He wakes back up, and the beings are like, "Well, we'll take you back to your clothes now, and you can get dressed." And then at the end, so they're all standing there, and they're like, "Does any of you, do any of you guys have any questions?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And a a co- couple. No, and he's like, a couple of the guys are like, "Where are you from?" You know, and they're like, "Well, do you know your star systems?" And they're like, "No," and I'm like, "Well, then it doesn't really matter," you know. But but they're like, "But this is where we're from. This star." And he's, Steve is like, "All right, I got to think of fucking something good. I'm gonna, i to I need a good question here." And Steve's like, "Do you have any bases here on Earth?" And they're like, yes, we have a base in Lake Ontario, underneath Lake Ontario. Whoa. He's like, okay, fucking cool. And then he's like, um, uh, what is the true religion on earth? And they answer, there is no true religion on earth. And uh, they're like, okay, all right. You know, so in the meanwhile, he recalls that the drummer had refused to take his clothes off. So, <laughs> so he was just kind of waited there, you know. And, uh... Oh, so as they were leaving, the leader stops Steve with his bag of recorders, and um, and he's you know he says hey, he felt his, he he says he felt this tremendous sense of love, you know, and uh, and that as he got this message in the future you'll be a tremendous help. Steve's like, oh, interesting, okay, and then the beings like, you wanted to show us something, and then he's like, oh yeah, my recorder, right? <laughs> so he hands him his fucking recorder. He opens up his bag and he. Puts the recorder together, you know, and he's like, Yeah, here. And the alien he grabs it and he says, This is when he saw the alien's hand up close. And he said it was uh the fingernails were kind of claw like and the skin was scaly and dry. Whoa. And so the alien grabs his recorder just starts jamming some stuff. And he puts sweet- it up to Yeah. He puts it up to his nose, right? And he blows out a couple like, you know, couple notes and shit and whatnot. And he's like, That's weird. But he recalls later reading this book by Dr. Leonard Stringfield, which he did a book on alien autopsy, where in his book he says that the mouth is only a pocket, you know, that they don't have a full digestive system. So as he recalled later back, he's like, oh, maybe Um, that makes sense. You know, Alien mouths are just pockets? Yeah. According to this book by Leonard Stringfield. Remember how, you know, because in in a lot of the alien gray things, their mouths are just tiny, tiny little slits, Mm -hmm. you know. Weird, and he so so he says maybe they uh, don't
3: use it to eat or speak anymore. Steve's
2: like, "Am I ever going to see you again?" And they say, "Yeah, you'll see me. You'll see us again." And so they go back to the van, and they're all in like, and they all get back into their seat. And Steve recalls everybody being in sort of a suspended animation, you know, just like like just they can't move, and uh, and then it breaks, and the drummers the drummers like, "All right." We all need to make an agreement. We're not going to say shit, you know, and uh, we'll tell we're not telling anybody. And Steve's like, fuck that. I'm not I'm going to tell this story. And they're like, you know, they try to convince him otherwise. And anyway, and then the hitchhiker was gone. The hitchhiker was gone. He's like, that was strange, Uh. you know, and uh, and in his head, he started to hear another telepathic message. You're going to forget. You're going to forget this. You're going to forget this. And uh, so he goes home and he writes it all down, bullet point, you know, draws a picture of it and uh, puts it in his dresser drawer and he went to bed and uh, he would wake up to, to go and he grabbed it and he said at that fucking note that he took all those points on, it was gone. No way. Gone. Anyway, so he goes to call. He finds himself getting a phone call from none other than the author, Bud Hopkins. And Bud Hopkins says, I got your letter. I'd love to meet you. Why don't you fly out to New York? You could stay in my studio, and I'd love you to meet a couple of these doctors I know, and and we'll work to investigate this story. So,
3: wait, his letter was about his childhood? Incident, yeah. So yeah, he, and he, in between sending the letter to Bud Hopkins about his childhood thing, he had this whole new experience.
2: Okay, the, you know, I, I kind of do the story out of s- segment, but yeah, what really happens is as he's reading Bud Hopkins' book, he gets these flashes of his of, of his abduction experience with his father, right? He, which he remembers, I think, pretty clearly. He writes to Bud, and he remembers pieces of this. I'll call it the van incident. And so he writes to Bud Hopkins. Bud Hopkins calls him on the phone, says, I've got your letter. I'd love for you to come out, you know, and meet with a couple doctors. He does. So Bud Hopkins books three hypnosis sessions with him and a meeting with a behavioral therapist where she runs an IQ test, a Rorschach test, and a general knowledge test about the history of the United States, which he thought was funny because he's Canadian. He's like, although I did quite well. Um, Anyway, so... uh, Bud Hopkins attended the the third hypnotic regression session, and uh, and that's where a lot of the details sort of came out. Like you know, all the things just flooded back to him. All the memories of of his bandmates and all the the, the kind of creepy and details about the experience. Um, yeah, and then uh, interestingly enough, his uh, Bud Hopkins wanted to uh, you know also speak with his father, and so he gets to actually. Uh, do a regress- regression session on his father and, uh, you know, who actually verifies a lot of the details of this story. He had always said, you know, because he had talked to his father about it later in his life, and his father's like, I remember something like that, but it always felt like a dream, you know? Weird. But during the regression session, he remembers a lot more clear details of it, too. He tried to get in touch, uh, in touch with his bandmates, too, to see if they'd be interested to tell their story. Uh, nobody wanted to, uh, Anne-Marie who was with the drummer ended up leaving him for the guitarist. (laughs) (laughs) Typical. (laughs) Typical. Uh, but she, but the guitarist ended up going under, uh, a a session as well. And, you know, verifying a lot of the details of this story as well. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of the the case of yeah. uh of steve boucher and his and his canadian rock band dude great story yeah it's a wild story and it's it's multiple witnesses and each each one too that's why you kind of like it and and the way the guy tells it too is just like this monotone canadian and like this just lays out the facts mm-hmm. this is how it happened and and of uh and of course he was professionally you know l- looked at to see if his story <laughs> held weight and it did and I always thought that was a. That's n- I've
3: never heard that story. That's great one. Yeah. How
2: yeah. long have you known about that one? Not too recently. I just kind of discovered it last week as I was oh, like okay. looking through some cases. It kind of like popped up synchronicity. was "Cool, like, that's oh, my that ultimate cool. tour dream." <laughs> yeah. When we're going through like back roads in the middle of the night, I'm like,
1: please.
2: Well, you know, Williams. Riley, that's not the only time it happened. Did you know the apparent Moody Blues?
3: Yeah, I've heard was this. Was
2: supposedly abducted, and they had a UFO sighting and has strong indications of an abduction. What? So much so that they wrote a song about it called The Slide Zone. Now, <laughs> The Slide Zone. <laughs> I
3: thought The Slide Zone was something else. <laughs> no.
2: Now, according to uh, Jim Dilettoso De- De- of, of Phoenix, who would know... By John Lodge, based on the band's 1967 UFO sighting, which has strong indications of being an abduction. Um, Let's see, here goes. The lyrics to Steppin' in a Slide Zone are, Steppin' in a Slide Zone, I Took a Ride in a Limousine. I took a road I'd never seen. I met a stranger, by the way. His coat was torn, but his eyes were clear. Standing in a slide zone. I could be stepping in a slide zone. He told me where a river flows. He showed me how the apple grows. He told me of a magic stream. His face was worn, but his eyes were clear. Standing in a slide zone. I could be stepping in a slide zone. Uh, He went to find a shooting star. Around the bend, that's where they are. I went along just for the ride, suddenly I began to glide. Stand in his slide zone. Also,
3: this is their pitch for the uh, slip and slide <laughs>
2: jingle. <laughs> and anyway, there's many more lyrics that wow. i Wow. Really, that really was the, f- the with, first concert
1: I ever went to was the Moody Blues. Is that right? Really? Yeah. With my uncle, the dentist, from before. No took me fucking to that way. Show. That's
2: a trip. Yeah. Yeah, apparently they were leaving a London show on their way to Carlisle, England, or something like that. They all saw, very similar to Steve's case, this, this fucking light that that comes on and you know meets him on this road. So the yeah. hitchhiker rules. wasn't an alien? thought the- No, they never saw the hitchhiker. In fact, he sort of just disappeared Maybe after... the aliens
3: took him back where he needed to go.
2: Yeah, maybe, but he always felt that that was he was sort of a plant, you know? Yeah. Cuz <laughs> as they all wanted to keep that van door shut, you know. He,
3: well, uh... there are other stories of like in the like the Zamfretti Italian, the guy who was uh, the security guard. Mm-hmm. He, he, in one of his encounters, he kind of met a mysterious, I mean, it was a much more outlandish figure. It was supposed to be like a dude in a checkered suit with an egghead. Right. But there are these instances of like hitchhikers appearing almost as a portent before the. Yeah,
2: that's what happened here. Um,
3: the abduction takes place. So I don't know. What, do you, what the hell was that? What do you think?
2: Yeah. What do you John, of what's your this? take
3: on this? Well, is this I, a, a fun story that this dude made up
0: or do you think this is possible? Or? I think it's possible. Yeah, yeah Totally um but him reading the book made him remember his father and him incident yeah so as he's re- but did he also remember the van incident
2: from what i understand from the story he he just started getting all these sort of flashes is what he called him of like of these abduction things but, some some from his father which was more clued in and then some also from the van i think you know it, I, mean? I
3: think it's a situation because it was very similar with another ufo abductee debbie jordan cobble who a very similar thing happened where it was one of these things where this book came out and like I think mid to late seventies, early eighties, maybe. Maybe it was a little earlier than that. But um, she recalls p- checking it out from the library, and as she's reading, just kind of be like, "I'm into sci-fi and weird stuff, so I'm into the paranormal and mm-hmm. UFOs." She she realized that this book, "Missing Time," started probably for one of the first times ever in a book, you know, and certainly talked about this phenomena of like. Missing hours associated with strange lights, and it for her as she was reading it. She also went, "Wait, this some this rings the bell. This happened Mm -hmm. to me and my sister when we were kids. And this happened one time when my sister dropped my mom off at church. She said she saw a weird light in the sky, and then doesn't remember three hour uh, anything for the next three hours. It was suddenly dark out, and her mom who'd been at choir practice or something." came out and her sister's like, I don't remember what just happened. So I think it, it's that sort of thing where you're like, wait, this is kind of, I think, and and same with mm. Debbie Jordan Cobble, She saw that address. She could write to Bud Hopkins. If, if you've had anything, let's, let's talk about it. And she did the same thing. Mm. And then she started to remember under, you know, regression therapy, like, Stuff that happened to her and her sister when she were kids. She she was kids and stuff that had happened pretty recently in her life as well. So it is. Yeah. I think it's that kind of a mm-hmm. thing where you're like, oh wait, this is kind of this is kind of itching at me in a weird way.
2: Well, and to add a little bit to this story too, and to uh, and just to not leave it out because it is part of his experiences is uh, later in his life after he was regressed and the, those experiences sort of stopped, he had these vivid... He kept asking the question, why me, why me, why this happen to me? Not just once, but multiple times, you know. He said he got this vivid dream of of standing on this high, uh, like the moon. He thinks it was the moon or something with this being, this sort of angelic, almost to look like the gray being, you know. And he's like, okay, it's time to go down to earth. And he's like, I don't want to go to earth. I hear so many bad things happen there, you know? Um, and he's like, and the the being was like, well, go talk to this one guy. He just got back, you know? And I'm, I'm really kind of summing up, but he says, Oh, okay. And so he does. And he's like, so I heard you just got back from earth. And he's like, what's it like there? And the guy's like, well, it's, you know, it's good and it's bad. And he's like, well, that doesn't answer my question. Let me put it like this. Would you go back? And the guy was like, Actually, I have to go back because I didn't finish my mission. And then he's like, "Oh shit!" He's like, "That guy committed suicide." Fuck, you know. Whoa. Which is interesting. And then so anyway, he's so he's standing, goes back to the being, and then he's like, he's like, "All right, well, I'm still pretty hesitant about, you know, going to the earth." And he's like, you know, I'll 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 do it. He's like, "Would you guys just like come and visit me every now and then, um, just to make sure I'm okay?" And and he's like, "Yeah, we'll do that. No problem." but he's like, so that was all this vivid dream of like, as to why he was being visited is because he asked for that. You know what I mean? He asked strange. these beings wow. to check up on him. Well. Um, and, you know, he, he he also goes on to say that, you know, aliens and angels, same thing. You know, mm-hmm. that's not the first person that's said that in these experiences. Yeah, not know? even on this show. Um, but anyway, so that's the experience cool. of Steve Grishet. Great, great yeah. story. Yeah. Love. Well,
0: thought of this while you were telling the story like and like remembering things that you didn't know you had in your head mm-hmm. it kind of makes me think about deja vu a little like yeah i have no idea what that is yeah. but that deja vu just proves to me that there is a plan, or there's something, right, or parallel universe, or just something. It's like, oh, I've seen all this happen before, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't know if it connects. but It's almost it's
3: like just... reassuring in a way. It can creep you out, or you can be like, or
2: maybe I've seen yeah, this before. A preordained really? yeah. plan that you've had a glimpse of,
1: mm-hmm. or yeah, it's, that's it, weird that you brought that up because I was having really intense déjà vu while he was telling that story. No way, really. was right? totally was. There, did you do another <laughs> episode about a band? No.
2: No, man. I don't think so, no. man. dude. But you, your first Weird. concert was the Moody Blues. Which is also crazy. <laughs> Did you hitchhike That's with awesome. them, by the way? Hey, <laughs> Who are you? Wait a
1: minute.
3: Uh, John, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much it's much been a me. pleasure. Yeah, man, pleasure. Uh, where can people find you on social media or it's follow John you? John
0: Millheiser on Graham and Twitter. And Great. Yeah. Anything you want to plug coming up? Any projects or anything? Uh, Lies on Demand. It's. Um you'll be on that. Okay. I don't know when that comes out. But, okay. Yeah. Great. Awesome. And Greener Grass. And Greener Jocelyn Grass. Dawn's I know. Movie.
3: We're gonna get them on the show sometime soon as well. That'll yeah. be awesome. All right, guys. Cool. Well, I think that concludes another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. Don't forget that we will be uh Out at the Contact in the Desert convention, Alien convention, June 1st. That's a Saturday afternoon. We'll be doing a live show, our very first live show. We have an awesome guest. It's going to be a nice surprise. We might announce it a little bit closer to the date um but uh yeah we're gonna get into it and all sorts of juicy yeah. topics get your tickets this now stuff. come yeah. down and see us contact in the and please come see us come come enjoy the show we, we we really want an audience to come to this thing so please come <laughs> yeah. uh all right guys thank you so much uh bryce thank you riley thank yeah. you uh
2: until next week i wonder if we could take them out i don't know what the rules are can we take them out with the moody blues song slide zone no, we definitely can't. Okay, Google it. Here's what you do. Yeah.
1: Put that song on. Okay, Slowly we'll give you a second.
3: And, okay, got it. Cue it up. You back? All right. All right.
1: And, and go get regressed. God damn it. <laughs> go get regressed. There you go. <laughs>
0: Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.
3: In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then-unheard-of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun.